Welcome back once again to the Ramble Room. I'm Ken, and I'm here in studio with Tom. Hello, Tom. Hello, Ken. Yes, this is Tom Kelly. I'm, uh, we'll call me Ken's sidekick for now. <laughs> Everybody needs a kickstand, something to lean on. So, um, Tom, for, for those of you that may be new to the show, I'm going to give Tom just a minute to introduce a little bit of his background. Um, we've had others that we gave this time to, and 20 minutes later we had to throw in a white flag. So. <laughs> Tom, oh, no. Tom, I know you know how to handle this. Yeah, I, I can handle it. Okay, all right. So first and foremost, I'm a married man with six children. Um, I'm a former public school teacher. I went on to become a professor. I'm currently the department chair of political and military science at American Military University. And the beauty of that is we are 100% online now. So I could live anywhere I wanted to in the world. So I moved to Sheridan, Wyoming on purpose. And we're glad to have you here. On the phone with us today is none other than GOP Joey, Joey Carrenti. Welcome back, Joey. Hey, thanks for having me, Kim. And it's good, or Ken, and it's good to be able to sit in with Tom today. Uh, for everyone who maybe doesn't have my full background, uh, my name is Joey Carrenti, also known as GOP Joey. I'm the chairman of the Carbon County Republican Party. A 20-year Army veteran, uh, spent a lot of time overseas after 9-11, and after about 14 and a half years of that, when I came home, Wyoming was the only America I still recognized, so that's how I ended up here. And uh, just been uh, running some redistricting stuff for the state. I am the chairman of the uh, Wyoming Republican Party Redistricting Committee, and I believe that that is why I'm on the show today, if I'm not mistaken. And that's what we're here to talk about today is the redistricting, as most of you probably know by now, whenever we take a census, as is mandated by the Constitution, we then go back and audit and try to make this process as fair as it can. Part of the concept, of course, is one man, one vote. Uh, We are a representative democratic republic, I guess. Constitutional representative republic yeah, the, myself. The words were escaping me. I'm, I must be getting old. Well, you're getting ready to go into the legislature. I know you're running next year, so forgetting the Constitution is the first. <laughs> I've already blown that though, because I've been outed as a really bad person for standing up for the Constitution and standing up for an oath that I previously took. And anyone who stands up one, for the Constitution, and two, means what they say, probably has a pretty short political life. I'm okay with that. Well, you're talking about gerrymandering, and I, I, can't, I keep running it over in my head, and I can't find a way to eliminate Cheney's district. <laughs> All right, so give us just a brief update, Joey, if you would, on the process thus far, and maybe a couple of the battle lines. Uh, yeah, we, we spoke a few weeks ago about redistricting, so how it why it works, why it's needed, and how it works was kind of already explained. So where we're at now is we've gone through the process uh, with the Corporations Committee to have the state broken up into 10 regions uh, based on county lines with certain population needs to have full House and Senate districts. And about four counties had enough population to have their own region, and then the other uh, regions were comprised of two or more counties. And what the process uh, really asked for was those regions to go and have their legislators and their county clerks speak to the people and come up with a plan that would fit these legislative districts in those regions. And there was always going to be some a little bit of overlap, a few hundred people here and there that were needed. But they were really trying uh, to keep what they were calling communities of interest together and follow a few other principles 
And what ended up happening was all of these uh, regional plans came back to the Corporations Committee at the beginning of December. On December 1st, they had a meeting, and it really, none of them worked with what they call Zwanitzer Plan Number 1, which is ultimately getting rid of a house district somewhere in the state and adding one to Laramie County because they almost have enough population to have a whole other um, house representative. So what, by the end of that meeting, what had happened was, you know, they took public comment after each of the regions had spoken and presented their plans. And they said, yeah, good, bad, and different. We can, we can't, we should, we shouldn't. And basically ended the day with, we're going to come back tomorrow morning and rediscuss a statewide plan after they had voted down the adoption of Zwanitzer plan number one as a statewide plan. Well, something happened that night with you know, hotel lobbies or telephone calls, and some of these committee members got together. And the first thing they did on December 2nd at the meeting was adopt Zwanitzer plan number one as the baseline for the statewide redistricting plan. Um, and then they went and did other business throughout the day, planning to come back in a, a week or two to discuss the details of Zwanitzer plan number one and how it would work for every region. So that was kind of a hit right there was all these months of work that we had put in uh, protecting our county lines, making sure that the communities of interest we saw as important were done, uh, protecting the the workload on our county clerks to not have a whole bunch of extra what we call splits, additional ballots for a district that crosses another uh, political subdivision line, and uh, kind of threw that all away. And uh, they really minimized the impact of the public comment in that December 1st and 2nd meeting when they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we hear you, and then did what ultimately uh, just a couple members of the committee wanted. And then what happened this past week was they came back to the corporations committee, sat down and um, kind of hashed out the specific regional plans within Zwanis or plan number one, and really didn't get any further. They said, yep, okay, we hear that, but it's not going to work. This is going to affect that. And uh, what they're really doing is pushing population all around the state and linking uh, rural areas and less populated counties to more populated areas for representation, all so that uh, Laramie County can have one extra um, representative in the House of the state legislature, which they do not have the population to fully have. They're using the argument that based on growth projection and population uh, that we see coming, by the time we do this again in 10 years, we'll have the population for that. And my argument is then you have to wait 10 years. Uh, you don't get, you know, 80% gives you one because then that has to be applied equally to all the other counties that come over, you know, 50% of what they need to have a representative. And then they should all get one too, if we're talking about fundamental principles. So where it's really at right now is at that last meeting, they kind of kicked it back down the uh, road a little bit and said, we're really close. Um, Senator Scott got quite upset at the way the uh, plans got laid out and just really do not work. There are many, uh, districts that are over deviation, which means they have too much population or under deviation um, beyond the acceptable range in the Zwanitzer plan. Uh, Senator Scott brought up his own plan. Every district is within deviation. A lot of these county sharing issues are, are handled, but it doesn't give Laramie County that extra seat. So uh, we're, we're going to see a real fight on this. And uh, we can now tell with evidence where the interest and concern of the corporations committee is because on their agenda at this last meeting, not only was public comment listed very last on the agenda after all of the votes and the instructions to the staff, which is when they tell the LSO, 
this is what we voted on, this is what we want you to draw up and draft for legislation, then we'll hear the public. But when it actually came time for that, Chairman Zwanitzer of the Corporations Committee didn't even call for or ask for public comment. He just adjourned the meeting um, on a majority vote. And so the public had no feedback given to the legislature on this. So what we're really looking at is a group of 12 or 13 individuals who are making deals amongst themselves. Uh, I don't know if you can call it gerrymandering, but they've mentioned instead of seats by their number, seats by the name of the individual occupying them and talked about you know, having to draw a line around somebody because they're currently elected. And so there's a lot of people that are not happy with the way it ended up going to this point, especially when the original ask from the redistricting committee of, of the state party, the Republican Party in Wyoming, was follow the actual wording of the Constitution that says county lines are the lines. You cannot expand a district past that. Um, each county shall have no less than one, even if they don't have a population. This one man, one vote, I get it. I understand the supremacy clause, but personally and in the Wyoming Republican Party platform, judicial relief is not legislative action. It should be a trigger for legislative action. So when the court said 30 years ago, one man, one vote, you have to have equal populations in all these districts, it should have immediately triggered the legislature to redraft or amend the Constitution of the state of Wyoming saying, this is what the court says because of the U.S. Constitution. Our Constitution of the state of Wyoming is going to reflect the action we're taking. Not We're, we're not going to hide behind a hall pass from a judge for three decades. So that's an ask that I have at every meeting is, uh, where is the draft resolution to amend the uh, state Constitution to justify what you're doing beyond a court order? And they always ignore me. And now they're not taking any public comments. So we don't even get to ask that question anymore. So it's a real quandary yeah. uh, across the state so let's, let's take just a second at, the, at this point before we wade into some of these points. If you're listening to this and you feel like you just waded into a, a sea of whatever, I want you to go back and listen to the show that we did pre- previously. Go through the archives. You'll see one in there on redistricting. We talked about some of the basics. Uh, we mentioned the fundamental principles and, and the objectives that we're trying to accomplish. So first of all, I want to give Tom a chance to jump in here. Well, the first thing I'm thinking about is um, having fled the People's Republic of Illinois, uh, how they changed the legislature there. Uh, Illinois, many moons ago, I'm thinking particularly of the Senate, we would have our states that the legislatures kind of mirrored the federal legislature where we would have um, districts in the House based on population, and then each state is equally represented. Well, Illinois used to be districts for or the House based their General Assembly based on population, and then the Senate was based on county, and they redid it to basically have two houses of representatives. And ever since then, Cook County, Chicago took over the entire state. I mean, you could see it at election time, the, the entire state is a sea of red, and then there's Chicago, and that who runs the entire state now. Now, instead of Cook County having one or two senators, they have it based on population. So they've got a huge amount of senators coming out of that one county. Are we looking at basing the Wyoming Senate on population and not on county? Uh, In Wyoming, they do both chambers based on population. And it's uh, on this concept that really isn't written anywhere as a rule. Uh, It's just a principle they use when they're redistricting called nesting because of the equal populations of two house districts equaling 
what they want a Senate district to be. They will always join two House districts and build a Senate district out of that. Now, there's no law saying you have to do that. There's really no statute saying that's the way it's done. It's just a principle. And what we've argued as the uh, redistricting committee from the Wyoming Republican Party in one of the very first meetings was why don't we have one senator per county and maybe more than one, but no less than one per county. If you want to add population, okay, maybe Laramie County should have two senators or three, but at least one for each county based on mirroring the equal footing doctrine that the U.S. Constitution. Well, I I just don't like to jump in there. The whole idea of then, again, divvying up Senate seats based on population, you were back to having two houses of representatives instead of having a house of representative and a Senate. It makes more sense that we would have one senator from each county. So we would have one chamber where places like Natrona and, and Laramie County have more representation because they have more people. And then we would have a Senate where the counties are equal in representation. So we don't have the larger population centers calling all the shots for the entire state. That's been disastrous in some other states, particularly Illinois. And in in theory, I would agree with you completely. And if I believed that it could happen, uh, I would go for, you know, the hundred percent ask on that. But remember in the state of Wyoming, and I'm, I'm guessing it's the same in other states, these legislators are the ones that have to vote on these plans. And uh, to get halfway there in a first step would be huge, knowing that we could continue to push this battle and in 10 years already have it slated to, okay, we've tried this. Now we've seen that the argument was correct and the Senate really needs to be representative of the uh, political subdivisions equally and the House can be based on population. But it's probably only because I'm tainted with knowledge of how the Wyoming legislator works, legislative mm-hmm. bodies work, that it would be you know, more pragmatic in my mind to say, hey, let's at least get this argument going and get 20 to 50 percent of what we need done to make it right. Knowing we'll still be around. I mean, I don't think Ken and I and a bunch of other people are going anywhere in 10 years. Yeah. Um, take that ball all the way but yeah if we were talking about pure you know fundamental principle there's a lot of things that need to be very much changed in wyoming the problem is you have to engage the system that is abusing you in order to change the system that's abusing you and it's really tough to get everything in one shot i want to cite an example you mentioned earlier in your monologue about communities of interest you each gave a little bit of your background, and for those that may not know, I'm a third-generation Wyoming native, been here virtually all of my life, except for when I was out soldiering for about 10 years. When I got a chance, I came back home. My dad's family was from the Ten Sleep and Worland area over in the Bighorn Basin. My mother's family was over here in Sheridan. I spent much of my life as a young child going back and forth, So I know both sides of the mountain and the populations, the communities of interest, if you will. There is currently on the table an idea of moving the population of, I don't remember if it's Ranchester or Dayton, but one of those two, to a district in the Bighorn Basin. I know both of those cultures. They are not the same communities of interest. They are not the same type of people. They're different backgrounds. And I see this as a chance to lefty up the Bighorn Basin. I wouldn't argue with that. I know exactly what you're talking about, that northern border of Wyoming area. 
um, or the northern border of that area um, where they had that line drawn, you almost have to go through or around another district to get through that whole district because of the way they cut it around the highways just to make that um, what they call a congruent. Right. Let me throw one other thing on there, too, while, while we're responding. Geographically, they're on either side of a mountain. So you have different counties involved. That means you have duplication of effort between county clerks to set up different ballots. You don't have a lot of communication between the two. I mean, Wyoming is one long or one big town with long streets. We know that. But different sections of town are quite different. I just see that as fraught with problems. And to me, that is a classic example of where I see gerrymandering occurring. Well, not to take over the, you know, first answer on every question, but... Um, <laughs> well, that's actually why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I try to play fair and I get in trouble for it. Um, <laughs> really, now, the invitation, you, you can really break the process that the legislature, at least the corporation committees, have embraced and find the problems in their own uh, principles. And one of them is they're sticking to the concept of 30 uh, senators across the state and 60 House members, and they like that number, even though um, the Constitution of Wyoming allows us to have three times more representatives than senators, regardless of what the number is. That's initial number set by the number of senators. Okay, hold a sec. Hold a sec. They like that number. My understanding is because it fits the committees. Um, Is that part of it? Part of it's because it fits the committees, and I can get you... Um, actual audio or YouTube video from a corporations committee where they testified at least twice that it uh, also fits the number of desks in the Capitol. <laughs> God I forbid not, we should have to build or tear down a desk. I am not joking. It was literally the argument was ended on number of desks that can fit in each chamber. <laughs> but you know, that is actually an argument government has made that makes sense to me. It may be simplistic, but it actually makes sense. It does limit the size of it somehow. Yeah, the, talking about limiting government there. I know what you're talking about, Ken. You're looking at this whole idea of diluting conservative communities into larger, more left-leaning counties and basically abbiating their votes because they'll always get outvoted. Um, and, and we see that type of gerrymandering. But let, I want to ask this from a, a very politically practical point of view. We're we're talking a lot more about the abstract and the principles and philosophy of the Constitution. And and I know a lot of people like that, but we talk like your average person on the street, you know, they just, they shut off. You start talking in that language and they'd rather start talking about the NFL. Are we looking at essentially career politicians just cutting deals to preserve their own careers? Without a doubt. Okay. I I have no question with giving you a solid 100% yes on that. Then that's the way we need to present it to people. These politicians do not have your best interests in mind. They have their careers in mind, and that's all they're doing. Yeah, and that, that there's evidence in that with the plan they're pursuing now. Every rural district, including the largest House and Senate district in the United States outside of Alaska, which is the district I live in and I've run in, is getting chopped apart the district is going away and being given the number. The seat is being given to Laramie County for one of its, you know, political dream theories. And then the land that is left over by the vacancy is being picked up by a seat that's currently out of Northern Green River 
and then they're expanding the Rollins district. So now rural Wyoming, the largest rural district in the United States in House District 47, is not going to exist and basically be represented by population centers out of Rollins and yeah. Green River. Who no idea what we do. Let me let me throw this out, if I may, because I'm, I'm thinking from more like the man on the street. I don't have the degree, and I'm not involved in the same level by any means that you are, Joey. When I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, I don't like the idea that the people that are filling these seats are the ones responsible for doing the districting. And yet, whoever does the districting has to be an elected official because they have to be able to answer to the people. But it seems to me that, for example, if we took, and I'll play it here in just a second, if we took Troy McEwen's concept about counties and said perhaps have the county commissioners draw the districts, let me, let me play Troy's concept here real quick. And as we look at this, I think there's a very simple solution. You want to end gerrymandering? You want to end the problems with this? Let's elect one senator per county and one to three representatives with that senator per county and do it by county. Every county will be represented and it will also help with our rural population. They will have a bigger, better voice. So my question is, is it feasible that the county commissioners could then set up the districts and we we run this direction? What are, what are the holes in that concept? Well, the holes in that concept is you already have commissioners or the state association of county commissioners coming and testifying and their clerks, you know, the clerks are basically the full-time secretary to each county commission, um, intimately involved with the planning. And granted, they're elected officials, but in multiple states across the nation, there are independent committees that do the redistricting. And the only thing the Wyoming Constitution says is that the legislature will reapportion its own membership, which I get it. They have to vote on the bill, but they don't have to write it. The LSO normally writes these things, and LSO, the Legislative Service Office, they're not elected officials. So I don't even think we need to use county commissioners um, per se. I mean, that's a large group of people within the state, larger than the legislature collectively. So I think they should be involved, but I think it should be an independent commission. And whether that's, you know, picking people, you know, hey, the Republican Party is going to appoint X amount of people. Democrats are going to appoint libertarians. We'll have independents. Then we'll have some scholars, political science scholars. Or you hire a company that does this for one of these other states, and they shoot back a few plans. Ultimately, what it comes down to is, the legislator has the legislature has to vote on it as per the constitution um having the legislative bodies or committees do the planning themselves just gives them more time and direct influence on how the uh, gerrymandering is happening now it really should just be a math problem this should not have to do with anything about where anybody lives who's currently serving who may run uh you put a box around a county it's pretty easy the county line and you hit go on an algorithm and you should have a computer that should be able to kick back a multitude of answers for whatever number you need in a political district. So Senator McEwen's right. Uh, I argued we should start with one senator per county and then uh, have that be the more deliberative body and an equal representation, much like the equal footing doctrine found in the U.S. Constitution. And I believe it was Senator Kale Case that said, why do you waste our time with this stuff? 
you know we're not going to do it that way. We have relief from a judge. You guys are crazy. You know, that's on, that's, that's recorded. That's his answer. Uh, he got angry because the people had a voice and said, this is how it should work. But still refuses to let the people use their voice to uh, embrace or reject a constitutional amendment saying the way they're doing it now is the way we like we, we can handle that just a quick shout out to senator james thank you tom for standing up for the everyday guy yeah and speaking yeah. of the everyday guy i just have to say that uh, this is not as a political science expert or a phd this is a man a father a harley biker a guy who likes to shoot his guns on weekends the idea that we have people allegedly representing us who don't care what we think it's absolutely abhorrent the whole concept of, of a representative republic. I don't understand how many people, how so many people, not just in Wyoming, in the United States, have just acquiesced to the rule of experts. When you had mentioned having people to, on the committee like political scientists, absolutely not. Those are the last people I want in charge of policy. Those, those, those are your neo-Marxists got these crazy globalized ideas. I, I mean, I live in that world, uh, and it's nightmarish at times. The average person, a coal miner, a bus driver, somebody who works at Subway, those are the people who should have a say. And that was the whole point of this type of government. And we've got so many people now who put so much faith in so-called experts. And just look at, I'm going off topic just slightly, but the disastrous COVID policies, having goofs like Fauci out there calling the shots. He's a bureaucrat. He's a lifelong bureaucrat, but everybody looks at him and says, oh, he's Dr. Fauci, so we have to listen to him. I don't want people listening to me because I'm Dr. Kelly. I want them listening to me because I make sense and, and not because I tower over them by a foot. <laughs> by the way, Joey, if you've not met Tom, he's 6'9". Well, let's just say um, I, I, I agree with uh, much of what you're saying and uh, without ever having seen you, I already look up to you. <laughs> so, Where's I, that rim shot, Con? Yeah, it's just, it's, anyway. Um that's one of the reasons why I said that whoever's doing this appointing, I think, needs to be someone that's accountable to the people, needs to be some sort of elected official. Um, there may be other ways to do it. I just, I don't like the idea, as I said before, even if it's in the Constitution, you change the Constitution. I don't like the idea of the legislature itself making their own nest. It's much akin to them setting their own salaries. It just seems fraught with disaster and really what, I, what i'm hearing is if i combine the idea all three of kind of the concepts and and statements that we've all made is you know we have the perfect blueprint for what we're talking about you go back to um when the wyoming constitution was written when we were still a territory each community of interest before they were a county because we weren't a state elected their own delegates to go to that convention to become you know a, the just the vote within the uh, territory. Do we want territory or statehood? And then we didn't have legislators because we weren't a state yet. We had to have that first constitutional convention. And there are provisions of how that works out. And it's not necessarily a legislator, a county commissioner, or anything that's barring a coal miner from being elected as a delegate to that kind of thing. Just a redistricting um, convention every 10 years, a year before um, the actual session after that census data comes out, I think, I mean, it already exists. The blueprint already exists. That's how we came into existence. Why wouldn't we revisit that? 
Oh, I can answer why we wouldn't revisit that. The whole idea that we know that our rural communities tend to be more conservative, more fiscally responsible, more personally independent. We know that as a fact. We see that everywhere throughout the country. What do we see going in Wyoming now? This idea of redistricting, where we can just kind of assimilate those small pockets of conservatives and lower their voice in the state legislature, what do we have then? Poof, we've got expanded Medicaid. Now we've got our first income tax. All these dreams of more money and power and programs start to fall into place when you basically shut up the conservatives in the rural part of the state. I think that was pretty well put, Tom. That's why we pay you the big bucks. I brought my own drink. I say extra cup of coffee for you later. Rare when I don't have anything to say, which means you're pretty spot on there. I, I wouldn't argue that. <laughs> I've enjoyed this discussion. I guess my last question, and Tom may have more, but my last question is, is there any hope for this round? I know there's a we're working under a deadline. And if not, if we're going to just have to suck it up and try to drive on, as we used to say in the service, what are we going to do about this? Are we going to wait nine more years, nine and a half more years before we start to try to promote a revision, or are we going to be more proactive in the future? I don't think it's lost uh, for a couple reasons. One, it's not the Corporations Committee's decision in the end. It's got to be a joint decision on a mirror bill between both chambers and the Senate plan in all of these house plans that have been presented really doesn't work out and senator scott is extremely experienced in this and he sees the flaws going in and he's quite upset with uh some of the corporations committee and is presenting his own independent plan um some people might think that sounds like a pipe dream but Senator Scott's the only person I know that's been through redistricting in Wyoming five times and has successfully had his independent plan passed by the legislature in a redistricting year in opposition to the Corporation Committee bill. So I don't know that it's completely lost. We definitely need to rally behind our rural representatives and senators and say, this is why we need this. Do not make any deals in our name behind our back for your benefit. And if it is ends up being lost, it's the same thing as if we won. Accountability still has to be had. And we have four to five election cycles between now and the next redistricting. I don't care if it's redistricting, Medicaid expansion, any of these uh, socialist, uh, whatever you call it, uh, personal life experience plans that, you know, the left keeps pushing on us through the Republican Party in Wyoming or the Republican legislators in Wyoming. I apologize. Um, we need to hold legislators accountable at the ballot box. And what people seem to forget is that takes more time than just showing up on election day. You got to be educated. You got to be involved and you got to be angry and you can't be quiet about it. And you got to do it more than one day every two years. So I, I think there is, we've seen a movement in Wyoming over the last four years. Um, we've had some success. I think that's growing. I don't know if it's going to save redistricting. Um, I don't know if it's going to get all the bad apples either out of party they claim to represent that they don't or the legislature but we had success last year we got six incumbent rhinos out of the legislature last year i think that's where it's really going to happen is we are going to have to take it back piece by piece election by election argument by argument and stick to what we do all politics are local right okay well then i'll just add on to that uh, obviously we, we could always make difference at the ballot box we've done that before in the short term 
are you saying there is some hope that there are some members of the legislature who still listen and we don't have a bunch of people who've already dug in their heels, made up their mind, and now they're just going to cut deals with each other to see what they can get out of it? Are there members in the House and the Senate in Wyoming who will actually listen to their constituents still? I think there absolutely are, and we have a better shot uh, in the Senate because it's a smaller chamber um, to have some success in stopping the current redistricting plan because, as you know, the same bill has to pass in both chambers. So if the Senate kills one of the two bills, and there's a bill for the House plans and then a bill for the Senate plan, normally if the House plan bill passes, the Senate plan will pass because of the nesting, but... If the Senate can kill either one of those two bills, then the House doesn't have a say. Well, there you go, faithful listeners out there. If you are worried about this, if you want your county to have some type of representation, if you don't want your vote diluted among Teton County and Laramie County, you need to contact your senator and see what your senator thinks about this redistricting process. And I guarantee you they will hear the argument. Let me forewarn them so they're prepared. The entrenched, self-aggrandizing senators will tell them, we don't have a choice. The Constitution says we have to pass redistricting. Mostly true. It says the legislature must reapportion its membership. But there's nothing in the Constitution that tells an elected legislator how they have to vote on any given bill. So if they don't pass any of the bills presented, what part of the Constitution are you going to cite saying, we had to pass this because it was the only option we had left. No, the Constitution does not tell a representative how to vote. Otherwise, we don't have a representative republic. We have a doctrine that says we don't need the representatives. We just read the paper. So there is a very real possibility. And don't let your senator tell you, well, we have to do one of these other things. No, if you don't come up with a plan that a majority of that chamber likes, that plan should not pass and they shouldn't be threaten, chastise, or browbeat into passing a bad plan because it's the last one on the table. Or bribed with horse trading. Thank you, Joy. I appreciate that. Any closing comments? Uh, just mostly, you know, what I say on a regular basis. You know, all powers of government are inherent in the people, and it's really going to be the people that make or break this. Uh, find people of like mind on certain subjects and uh, develop networks. Not everybody has to agree on everything all the time, but Wyoming needs help. It needs to be saved, and the government's not going to come in and save the government of Wyoming. The government is the problem. So if the people don't do it and they can't get past some of their differences on some issues and focus on ones they do agree on, we're not going to get very far. So, you know, band together, realize this is our state. We are sovereign from the federal government. Um, There's a lot of things we can do if we start doing them ourselves, and it's not just our right. It is our responsibility to fight for that liberty and sovereignty every day. Well, there you go, right there. When too many people say, that's not my job, that's the job of the government, our job is the government. Amen. So if you were listening to this and this has just totally bored you, just blame Joey. 